Today's daf is daf nun in Psachim. <clears throat> we learn for a four shlema for Tova, Miriam, Bastvara, Mindel. We'll start from the top of the page, the third line on, on the daf nun Amad Aleph. <clears throat> the Gemara was discussing uh, yesterday about the Mishnah talked about if you, uh, if you uh, on the road, what do you do if you forgot to uh, be Mavar the Chomets, what do you do? And, in, and the Mishnah also mentioned if a person left Yerushalayim and he forgot that he had some basar kachim in his hands. So what do you do? Uh, do you burn it there? Do you have to go back? The Gemara discussed that. Because Yerushalayim was mentioned, the following Gemara is brought down over here. The Gemara is also found, somewhat of this Gemara is found in Baba Basra. Pusik says, in the third line, Vayabayomahu, the Pusik is Chari, says, Vayabayomahu, on that day, we're talking about in the future, Vayabayomahu, lo loya or yakaros v'kipa'on. The Pusik says, Perik Yadalid, Pusik Vav says, on that day, there will not be any more light. Yikarot keep on. What does that mean? There will be more, no more light that it is heavy and thick. What does that mean? So it's more mayikaros v'kipon. What does that mean? Heavy or th- heavy and thick. This is light, which is very precious in this world. It is the light that we have, the brightest light that we have from the sun. But in the future, that'll just be like a floating thick light, like a piece of ice, which floats, but it's thick. So the same way, this will be, that'll be like, uh, that won't be much of a light. There'll be so much light in the future world that the, the light that we have today will be almost like nothing. Rabbi Yochanan, he compares it to this. The halachas of leprosy and Tomas Mes, being tummy in an OL, these are very difficult Mishnayis to learn. People don't understand the halachas of Tuma and Tara since we're not knowing that today. Um, <coughs> then, um, other than we uh, prohibit Kahanim from becoming Tamei Mes, but otherwise we don't have these, so people don't understand them. They're very difficult to understand in this world, but in the next world, they'll be lighter. It means they'll be more easily understood at La Lavo. Rashur Levi compares to this, These are people who are very, uh, very uh, they're considered the Hashiva people in the, uh, in the world today, the wealthy, of course, the people who are wealthy, and uh, they are considered important people, uh, but but they're not so good uh, to God. Rashi says, In the next world, they're lightweights. Okay, that's what uh, the people who we uh, we look up to in this world, uh, they're big today, but tomorrow they're not considered very much. They're lightweights in the next world. Again, they're light. They're of no consequence in the next world. Similarly, Kihad Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yeshua. This is the uh, this case is brought down in Babasra. Case of Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Chalash. He got sick. Rabbi Yosef was the son of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. He took ill, v'isnaget, and he fell into a trance. Uh, you know, he was like lost. Kihadar, he fell like a trance, almost like he was dying. Kihadar, when he recovered, Amaleivu, his father, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, said to my chazos, "What did you see?" when you were in that trance. Amalei, and as he was like between life and death, you have these stories that people said that they were, you know, knocked out in a coma and they came back, they were almost in the next world. Amalei, Olam Hafach Raisi, I saw in the next world an, a topsy-turvy world. It was up, upside down from what we have here. Yon Lamata, the people who are, who are considered high, considered great or uh, respected, let's say, in this, in this world, um, they are not respected in the next world. The Tachtonim and the lowly people of this world, Lamala, they are on top. Amr So Meshub Levi said, Bani, um, 
uh, Olam Baruisa, you didn't see a topsy turvy world. You saw a clear world. This world that we're in now, that's a that world is messed up. The next world is the clear world. Banan What about the Tamid Chachamim? Us, the people who learn, what do they consider in the next world? The way same we are here. That's how we are there. In other words, our status hasn't changed, but the other people who are considered uh, respected in this world, they are the opposite in the next world, and vice versa. Um, and what about, uh, what, what, what else do you see? Vishamati and I heard, Shayom, they used to say, Ashrei Misha Bolakan V'tamida B'yado. This is what I heard saying in the next world. Happy is he who comes here, who arrives in the next world with his learning in hand. In other words, that he comes with his Torah. That you have. I always repeat the story of, of Rav Gifter, uh, <coughs> uh, my Rosh Hashivan tells, who in his older years, he had uh, severe dementia, he couldn't remember any of his learning, and he, and he went to a professor, I think it was at Case Western Reserve in Cleveland, a great professor, he was concerned about it, that he's going to come into the next world, he didn't remember any learning, he had forgot, he couldn't think, you know, he couldn't learn anymore in his old age, and he explained to him that it's all there, it's deep down in his brain, in other words, he just can't, he can't bring it forth, but it's all there, and that comforted him, because he knows when he comes to the next world, his learning will still be with him. The Marsha in Baba Basra says, Vatamura biyado, literally in his hand. What does that mean? That the best way to learn is when you write things down. Right? The Marsha says, Ki'ikarad limud vishanasubo roshim, things that has, a, that has an effect that on, on a person who alimud habo miksivasiyad from writing it down. Ashokin nikra hachacham sofrim. That's what we're called sofrim scribes because their main learning, they wrote it down. In other words, it's 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 uh, once heard that you know the uh, if you want to understand something, you know you think about it. If you really want to understand something, debate it with somebody. It'll come clear to you. If you really want to understand it, write it down. Because you write it down, you force yourself to really concentrate and write it and think about it. So that's what he means. But tamida biyado, make sure it's in your hand also that you wrote it down. Bishamati, I also heard there. This so says this Rabbi Yosek, the son of Shimon Levi. The people who were killed, Al-Kiddush uh, Hashem, by the government, nobody could even be within their partition. These are the highest, that's the highest level. Even Sadiqim cannot be in this level. So Gemara says, Man, who, who are we speaking about? Are we talking about like the Asara Ruge Malchus, like Rebekiva, the great Chachamim? Mishum Ruge Malchus Vesulo. They are only great because they were killed by the, uh, by the government. They were executed by the government and not because of their learning. They were also great because of their great learning. El Haruge Lud. We're speaking about the Rugelet. Of course, the Timon are on a great are on a great level. But even the Rugelet, who are the Rugelet? There was a story that the uh, the government uh, uh, complained and uh, was about to execute all the Jews, saying that they had killed the princess. And there were two Jews there who weren't involved in the murder, but they took responsibility to save the Tzibor. So, like I said, they gave up their lives on behalf of the Tzibor. They are also considered on a high level with the great rabbis. The Pasuk goes on in that same Parsha in, um, in Zechariah and, and says, Bayomahu, uh, on that day, uh, on that day, Yie al-Matzilos Hasus, on that day, in the future, al-Matzilos Hasus, on the bells of the horses, a Kodesh Hashem, it'll be like Kodesh they'll be sanctified to God. What do I mean by that? My Matzilos Hasus, Amr Shem Levi, also Kodesh Baruch Lehosu Lehoshalayim, it doesn't mean literally the bells, like the ornaments that you put on a horse sometimes to make them noise. You know, they make noise and you can hear where they're coming. 
Shimon Levi says, no, the Yerushalayim in the future is going to host the Yerushalayim. That's why this Gemara is brought down here, because Shem is going to add on to Yerushalayim, you know, like remote and places like that, right? We're going to add on to Yerushalayim. How far? As far as the horse can run and see his shadow. We're not talking about Groundhog Day. We're talking about when he can come out and see a shadow underneath him. Because when you're when the, in the morning or in the afternoon, the shadow is cast on the side. But we're talking about when do you cast the shadow underneath you at high noon. So he says, as far as a horse can run in the morning until noon, let's say four, five, six hours, till then, that's as far as Yerushalayim is going to be stretched out in the future. That's what he means by matzah. He doesn't mean literally bells. He means and see his shadow underneath him. Blessed Rabbi says a different shot. All the bells that they're going to hang on the horses, between his eyes, you know, on his neck, whatever. All that will be given to to God, meaning that B'nai Yisrael are going to give nadavos, all the stuff that the, the fancy stuff that they're going to, you know, bells and ornaments and things like that. They're going to give to Bedeka Bias. That's going to be in the future. Number called the time it takes in the morning until the horse sees its shadow underneath him at noon. All the spoils that uh, that the Jews can despoil from the goyim, all that they'll give that to the base of Migdash. And what he means by that is he's going to be the base of Migdash, meaning they're literally going to say the gold and the silver pots and pans will be given as Mizrakot, as the basins used for the dam in the base of Migdash and for the water. So Bishlam Laman Dhamma called Bizashabas Israel, Hainasivahayasiros, the Pasik goes on by Siros, the end of the Pasik says, so the pots in the in the house of God will be like the uh, mizrakos, like the uh, the basins that they used for uh, the dam in the base of English for the karbonos. So if you say like the last shot, I understand. Okay, fine. The the pots and pans that they're going to get from the goyim, gold and silver, they'll dedicate that. They'll purify it and dedicate it to God to the mizbeach, to use in the base of English. So, but if you say the first reasons, in other words, that we're speaking about uh, stretching Yerushalayim, or, or we're talking about the ornaments are going to be given for Berekah bias. what does that mean? That's not, uh, that's not gold and silver. Uh, we're not talking about gold, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. So he says, you're right. It's a separate thing. One thing is that they're going to give those things to Hashem. And then he says, a separate thing is that the Jews are going to be so wealthy. Mil I'm telling different name. The Asri Yisrael, Jews are going to be wealthy. And they will give donations of gold and silver to the base of Mishnah for the Mizraku. So my see, that's what's going to happen. So Mishlaman Biza, again, if you say like the third shot that we're speaking about, that the spoils that the Bnei Yisrael are going to take from the Goyim will be used in Beis Mishnah Nasiv, There'll be no more merchants in the house of Hashem. What does that mean? Rashi explains that the Gizbarim of the Beis Migdash had to do business in order to raise funds for the Beis Migdash. They had to uh, get themselves involved with trade. B'nech Kodesh with Berek in order to raise money to use for the Avoda in the Beis Migdash. So he says, okay, if once they captured so many pots and pans and gold and silver from the Goyim, and they use that, so the, the Gizbar won't have to do business anymore. But if you say that the reason is we're talking about stretching Yerushalayim, 
or we're talking about the ornaments on the horses will be given to the base of Migdash. What does that have to do? It just means there won't be any more poverty because like the second shot, there will be so much. Yushalayim will be expanded and there will be, uh, the ornaments will be given to Bedek Abayas. And it's not talking about literally taking uh, gold and silver and using that for the basins, but it'll talk about there will be plenty of wealth. So Kanani uh, means, there will be Ken Ani, like, you know, there will be, there will be no more, uh, no more poverty. Uknani minola and dikrataka. How do you know the word Kanani? Kanani means the Canaanites, right? How do you know that Kanani here means merchants? So the Sivit says, Vayarsham Yudah Bas Ish Kanani. Yudah saw there a daughter of, an, of a man, a Kanani, and he, he married her. So my Kanani, what do you mean by Kanani? Elam Kanani, I'm sure talking about Lulah Canaanite. Efshir, is it possible that Yehuda would have married a Canaanite girl? Efshir, Ba Avram, Vihizir, Es Yitzchak. Avram commanded. Yitzchak, you remember by Eliezer not to take Bedosa Kanani, but Yitzchak there's Yaakov, and Yitzchak warned Yaakov the same. The Yehuda Azul Venasev, and then Yehuda the grandson went and married one of them, Elam Rav Shimon Lakish, Bas Gavratak, what he means, the son of a merchant. Dechsev, Kanan Biodo Mosne Mirma. Kanan in his hands are um, are uh, scales of deceit, meaning that we're talking about merchants over here. The merchants who deal, I don't mean the, the Canaanite people, we mean that Canaan, you know, you can be a deceitful merchant. Pasik says, whose merchants are officers and its Canaanim are the honored ones. Again, referring to the same idea that you're talking about merchants, we're not talking about a, a, a nation or a people of the Canaanites. Now, in this same parsha, Perik Yadalid in Zechariah, Pasik Vav was the first Pasik we started with today. Then we just talked about the Pasik Chaf by Yomahu. In middle there, Pasik Tes is one of the most common Pesukim that we say many times. Every We say it every day. We say it constantly. So we're in that parsha. So let's explain this. What do you mean? You say, Hashem will be one and His name will be one. Let's first deal with Hashem being one. Today Hashem is not one. The next world, or this world, is not like the next world. In this world, when we hear good news, we say, blessed be God who is good and who does good. And on bad, on, on evil tidings, bad tidings, unfortunately, we have to say, you know, we say those words, God is still the truthful judge. The, so we, we say in Olam Abba there'll be no bad tidings in the next world there's only good tidings it's all so that's Hashem Echad in other words when we talk about Hashem we're going to always say it in the same manner of of course Hashem is one but we mean that we'll say we'll bless Hashem in the same way what about Ushmo Echad who'll have one name doesn't have one name today again this world is unlike the next world in this world, we write Hashem's name, Yud Kevavke, in the Torah. By the way, that's why they don't write Hashem's name there in, uh, you'll never find it like in the Gemara or Sukkim or, you know, regular books that are published today. That's why you can be very makel when it comes to Seamus. Not everything has to be put in Seamus. If everything that's published, if everything that was published today had to be put in Seamus, you would need... You need a lot of place to uh, dig up and, and bury the stuff. So uh, many rabbis are maker when it comes to many svarim and other things, uh, handout sheets. You'll never find the Gemara 
that Hashem's name is, is written Yud Kevavke, right? Like it is in the Torah. But again, uh, so it's only written the Shevadus, and therefore it can be it can be destroyed. So Hashem's name is is written Yud Kevavke Vinikar Balafa. But we we say Ado and then Noi, right? We pronounce the Shem Adnas. That's how we pronounce it. Of Lola Mabo Kulo Echad. It's all Echad Nicher and it's going to be written and it's going to be pronounced and written in the same way. Savarava wanted to give this drasha, meaning he wanted to say it to the assembly, to everybody. He wanted to announce it publicly, this drasha, but certain things are better not to go into too much detail because people get confused. The Hamonam gets confused. Armaleo Saba, one of the elders there, told him, yesterday in, we read in Parsha Shmos, we said, Door, door, right? The olam there is written without the vav. It's written chaser to, as to indicate to indicate zeshmi olam. My name should be hidden, like elaim uh, or ha'alama. It should be hidden. Don't talk about that too much in the public, right? We know this in the Gemara, but don't don't darshan it publicly. Uh, so he says olam ksev. Ravina Rami asked the series says zeshmi olam. On the one hand, you say this is my name. Laolam sounds like what? Bahaloma, right? It's, it, keep it hidden. And then you say Zikri like, I should be remembered that you can call it out. So there's just that I'm written Yud K. That should be that should be hidden, kept. You don't pronounce it that way. You don't say it that way. It's hidden. And I pronounce this way. Rashi says two pshatim of here. One is that it's a uh, it's obvious that it's Zezekri. If that's my name, of course, that's how I'm going to be remembered. The answer is no, that's my name, but that's not how I'm pronounced right now. And that completes the third parak. Now we'll start the fourth parak. How do we actually uh, know ourselves on Erev Pesach? Erev Pesach is also Erev Chag. Erev Pesach has more things to do than on a regular Erev Shabbos or Yontif. Why? Because we have to prepare the matzah, we have to burn the chametz, we have to do the carbon Pesach, right? You've got to be prepared for everything. As we'll see later on, you also have to get ready to start on time because we want to keep the kids involved. The whole idea of Sipri Yusuf Mitzrayim, Mitzvah on Leila Seder, you want to make sure the kids are up. So you want to give them some matzah right away, get them going, right? So therefore, uh, you've got to be prepared. So on Erev Pesach, as we'll see, the, uh, in the afternoon, you're not allowed to do any melacha at all. But what about in the morning? So, until chatzos, we'll see the Gemara is going to be dying. Ad chatzos, after chatzos, it's also for everybody. But what about in the morning? It depends on the minigamakam. If your minigamakam is that you work, that they work in their place, so osin. If the minig is not to work, nobody works. Ain't osin. You shouldn't vary, you shouldn't vary uh, from the uh, minig, uh, from the custom in your place. What about if you're traveling? What about, you know, you're going from one place to another for Pesach, and the main thing is in your place, you do work there at Pesach, but in the place that you attend, the place that you're visiting, they don't do work there. Or the opposite. You have to take the Chumrah of both. So if, you're going, if they work in your place, and they work in the place you're going to, then it's not a problem. Right? Because you know, they all work. But if in either place they don't work, either the place you left or the place you're visiting, 
right? Then we're not talking about where you move to that place. When you move to that place, certainly you have to adopt the meaning of the makom. We're talking about when you're just visiting, you have to accept the chumas of both. And then he says, the Mishnah says, Val yishan and don't change it because of a machlokas. What do you mean don't change it? The Gemara is going to ask, what do you mean don't change it? <laughs> you just said, you know, you don't want to get in a fight with the people over there. You just said you should do the Medigam, but you have to take the Chumras of both. So what's your problem? If you're not going to do work, and if, if the place you left that you're coming from, they don't do work, and the place you do, they do work there. So just don't work. Maybe you don't have any work today, right? So maybe you don't have a job there. You have nothing to do. You're just visiting. And the other way, for sure, you already said you should, you have to be the Chumras of both. So what do you mean, Al Yishan Machlokas? Rashi says right away, He's also to work. In other words, if you're saying he goes from a place that doesn't, doesn't work and he goes to a place that does work, he shouldn't change money. What, he has to dafka work? He just said that he's not supposed to work if he has to take chumras of both, if in his own town they don't work. And he goes to a place where they do work on air of, on, on air of Yantif. You're saying that, well, he's supposed to take the chumras, so he shouldn't work. But then you say, he shouldn't change the minigamakum, the minig where he's going through the ark, so he's supposed to dafka work. How does that, how does that work? The Gemara tomorrow will discuss that. But the idea over here is that you should follow the minigamakum. In a similar vein, that you should, uh, t- there's two things over here. Number one, you should have to take the chumras of both. That's, that's the main idea of the Mishnah, that if you go from a pl- one place to place, you should take the chumras of the place that you left and the place that you, you, you went to. Al Yashana, Maklos, is another concept of that, and we'll see what that applies to, right? So, um, the machlok is what that applies to. But in the in same idea that you have to take the chumas of both is when it comes to Shemitah, you're allowed to eat, you're not allowed to plant on Shemitah, but you're allowed to take the fruits in. But how long can you take them? As long as the stuff, as long as the fruits and vegetables are out in the field for the animals. So let's say you took some stuff in and you're allowed to eat it as long as they have animals eating. But let's say you went from place to place. Mara there in Shvius talks about that there's three parts of Eretz Yisrael. There's Yehuda, there's the Galil, and there's Ever Yarden, all parts of Eretz Yisrael. And in, in, some, in these different parts, some parts, this, this vegetable is finished earlier in the field. The animals are no longer eating it. In other places, it's not. So let's say you go from place to place. So Hamaluch Paris Shvius, if you take Paris Shvius from your place to a different place, let's say you went from Yehuda to the Galil, in your place, they already stopped eating this, so you shouldn't eat it anymore. Now, in the place you visited, they haven't finished eating it yet, so technically, you could eat over there. But, oh, you went from a place where it didn't finish, Chayav Levair. Chayav Levair sounds like you have to take the chumras of both. Either way, you have to take the chumras of both. They tell him, listen, go see if you can find some in the field now. What does that mean? So Rashi says in Farshimur, because it's a very complicated thing. Rashi in the Chayiv Labar, in the first, in the Tanakhama, we say Chayiv Labar because you've got to take the Chumar of the place. So if you went, if you went uh, from a place where they finished the, that, that particular vegetable or fruit was finished in the field and there's no more, you're not allowed to eat it. Even if the place you went to, they're still eating that particular fruit. So you have to go to the Chumar's of both. That's the same thing as we say by Erev Pesach. If you, if you work in the morning, it depends on the, on the, on the minig amalkum. If the minig in one place is that they do work and the place the other place is that they don't work, you have to take the chumras of both. So see here also, you have to take the chumras of both. Rabbi Yudah says, Seva Velcha'ata. What do we mean by that? What's, what, how is Rabbi Yudah arguing that? We'll see on the Gemara Mir Tzashem tomorrow. My era says the Gemara. Yeah. Ephraim, mm-hmm. the Mishnah is assuming that not working is a chumrah. Right, right. That not working is a, is a chumrah because you need the money. You need the but money, you people. Have, but you're osik b'mitzvah. The whole point is to be osik b'mitzvah. What, what mitzvah? 
Erev Pesach. No, no, no. I said, but in the morning, in the afternoon, for sure you can't work because you have to be able to sick in the mitzvah. What about right. in the morning? Some people work, some people don't. Some people work, some people, some people don't. So you have to, you have to, you know, you have to, when it comes to Erev Yom in general. I, yeah. Okay. The answer is, the answer is in the afternoon. No, now, I understand you're trying to, people know, is it a chumr or not? But the point is, is that, yeah, you have to take the chumrs of both. If mitig is not to work, you're not allowed to work. It's talking about where you want to work. If you don't work anyway, we'll see that's not such a problem because people say he doesn't have any work. But we're talking about when you want to work. You, you, you want to make the money. You want to work and you want to open your store. You have to take the chumrs of both. That's what we mean by Pesach and the same thing we'll talk about by Shemitah. So now regarding Pesach, the Gemara says, why talk about Erev Pesach? My Erev Pesach. The same thing applies. Why are you talking about Erev Pesach? Like Pesach is unique. Shabbos and Yom Tov is also that way, Titania. If you do work on Erev Shabbos from Mincha and onward in the afternoon, you don't get a, you don't, there's no Simbrach, you're not going to see any success from that work. So you see it's also all Yom Tov, not just Pesach. So it's two answers. There it's only after Mincha, Hudasr. What do we mean by that? Nine and a half hours in the day. On a six to six day, that would be, let's say, from 3.30 in the afternoon. Samacha Mincha, but before Mincha, and before 3.30 in the afternoon, you're allowed to. Hachami Chatzos, because here he says, the Shaila is in the morning, before Ad Chatzos. Mashma that after Chatzos, you can't, right? After Chatzos, you can't. But by Yontif and Shabbos, it's only late in the afternoon from Mincha on. But over here on Pesach, because of Matzah and burning the Chometz at Chatzos, which is the limit, you have to burn it by, by Chatzos, and preparing the carbon Pesach, etc., and getting everybody ready, you have to stop earlier already from Chatzos. So, Hocham Chatzos, there it's only very. Some Farshim say that in the Havman, we also said, when he said, he assumed that the question was, which is very close to Chatzos. It's only like a half an hour after Chatzos. So, therefore, it was practically the same. And the answer is no. By Shabbos and Yontav, regular Shabbos and Yontav, it's, it's the Mincha Katana, which is 3.30 in the afternoon, not 12.30 uh, not 12.30 p.m. So that's one answer. Inami, hasam semen brachud lochaz yavash musalashem tinalei. There, on Yantif, or just on Shabbos and Yantif, we say if you work in the afternoon, you're not going to have any success from that. It's, it's a good idea. Good idea not to work. But here we may, but you don't put them in chayim. Hachash musi namisham But here we say it's usur. It's usur to work in the afternoon on, on punishment of, uh, be, of being uh, ostracized and being put in chayim. Gufa, you do work on Erev Shabbos in the late in the afternoon, or Matzoi Shabbos, when you're supposed to add on from Shabbos, uh, from, from Shabbos into the Chol, into, into uh, Matzah Shabbos, or Matzah Yantif, or Matzah Yom Kippurim, whenever there's a, uh, any uh, remez, any hint of Avera, that people, people frown on that. You know, they shake their heads and say, oh, look at this guy. Look what he's working right after Shabbos, right after Yontif, or late right before Shabbos, Yontif. Lasuye Tainas Sibur, even a Tainas Sibur when you're, you're not allowed to work. We don't mean a regular Tainas Sibur like we have today, Asar Batevis, Shabbos Batamas. We're not talking about, we're talking about Tainas Sibur when they were fasting because there was no rain. It was really a drought and there was a tremendous, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a people could die from starvation. That, that kind of a tiny seber, you're not allowed to work. He's just telling you that, that you, clearly it's not just Shabbos and Yontif, it's any time when you shouldn't be involved in doing work. Not just after Shabbos and Yontif, it's even after Shabbos and after Yontif, when you're supposed to uh, stretch out Yontif uh, or, and Yom Kippur, etc., and even a place like Tainus Sibur, where you're supposed to not, you're not supposed to do work, you're not going to see a simon brach from that. It's not also though in the same way 
as uh, Erev Pesach from Chatzos. Tan Rabbanam. There are people who are industrious, people who are diligent, and they gain by it. They, they get the reward. Sometimes you do so much, you're, you're, so, uh, you're so industrious and constantly working and pushing and, and rushing, and you lose out by that. You, you lose by that. You, it's, a, it's a loss. We're going to explain what they said. And sometimes people are lazy, indolent, and, uh, and they gain by it. And they, they're rewarded for it. said Sometimes, by being lazy, they lose out. Zara's Veniska explains what all four are now. Zara's Veniska, a person who is industrious and he gains by it. He works the whole week. Kula Shabsa, he works. Below Ovid Shabsa. And he doesn't work Erev Shabbos. In other words, he should work the whole week. But, in, but like in Erev Yisrael, Friday is a day off. Right? And he doesn't work Erev Shabbos. That's a person who's industrious. The whole, work, the whole work, week he works hard. But he's smart, takes off Erev Shabbos because Erev Shabbos, he should get ready for Shabbos. Zara's Venifsed, a person who's industrious, but he, he loses. He works on Friday too. He doesn't ever stops working. He works constantly. That's too much. You should take off on Friday, prepare for Shabbos. Shuffle Veniska, the opposite. A person who's lazy and gains. It doesn't work at all, right? He never wants to work, so he's lazy. But at least he didn't work on Erev Shabbos. He didn't work on Erev Shabbos either. Shuffle Vanifsa, if he's lazy and he really loses, he doesn't work the whole week. And he only works on Friday. The day that he shouldn't work, he works that day. Then he's going to lose. Amarava. Hani Nashin Mechuza, the women of Mechuza, were known to be very indulgent and spoiled. Even though they didn't work on Erev Shabbos, it's because they are so spoiled. They never work. In other words, they, they, don't work, you know, they didn't work on Friday, but they never work either. So uh, they're not really because that they're so uh, such tzaddikim. They never work. So they're Yosef. But they're still gain because they didn't work on Erev Shabbos. They're still called lazy, but they gained by Karina Lehu. Why? Because even as we see, because even they didn't do it for Kavit Shabbos, but they still didn't work on on Friday, so they did some Kavit Shabbos even Shalolishma. Famous Rasha Rav Rami Ksivit says now Kigodalat Shemayim Chastecha. Hashem said, Pasuk says, David Amel said, Kigodalat Shemayim Chastecha. Your your kindness is up until the heavens, God. Your kindness is even above the heavens. It reaches above the heavens. What's the difference? One's when you do it for the purpose of the mitzvah, and one's you do it for the mitzvah. So the ladies who are lazy and they don't work the whole week, they don't work on Friday, or anybody who's like that, they're lazy, but uh, they're being mekayim, not working Erev Shabbos, but it's Shalom Lishma. Okay, but the people who did it lishma, the people who say I'm working the whole week, but on Friday I'm not going to work l'shem shemayim. That's lishma. The person should always study, be involved. He should occupy himself with Torah mitzvahs. Even lishma, he did it for some reward, for money, for candy, whatever. That's a famous client that even if even a person did it shalolishma, it's a mitzvah. He's makayim a mitzvah, and it's a good thing because even if he did it shalolishma now, he'll eventually get lishma. Uh, eventually, it'll turn to Lishma when he'll get, he'll get accustomed to doing it. If a person who is looking towards his wife's wages, right, or the wages of a, a, a portable mill, right, involves a lot of work. In other words, even though we say that, the, you know, the, the Mishnah says that uh, it's not the particular field that a person chooses, but it's all Menashemayim, but still, don't look for something where it involves a lot of heavy a lot of heavy lifting, and the reward is very little. Scharish to what do we mean? Matkulta, a scale. 
In other words, sometimes people would take around their scales uh, in the market and let people use their scale just to weigh stuff. So they get a few, a few prutos for that. So that's a lot of work schlepping around the scale and only getting a very small reward. Rechaya also agrosa, renting out your mill. That's not, in other words, Rashi says very clearly, if you're buying and selling mills or buying and selling scales, that's already a business, right? You can have a, a trading business is a good business, but to use, to do, you know, heavy machinery or schlepping things around for the few agro, not much there. It's not going to, you're not going to get much of a bracha there. Avalovdom is but if she makes the stuff, if she, if she, you know, if she makes it, she produces something and sells it, the Pasuk praises her, she made the sheets, the blankets, and she sells it. She's a great woman. That's an Aisha's Chayel. Here again, we see what we saw yesterday about Ayin Hara, that if a person uh, is um, earning a living, through reeds, which take up a lot of space, kankanim jars, enorosim brachalola, my time, kivanafashap, because since their volume is great, they're, they're, they are, they're very big, they take up a lot of space, shaltabain, and people see it, and they see that, and they say, oh, look, look, look at them. You see, it's better to do things in a hidden manner so that ayin horror shouldn't affect them. You shouldn't get the evil eye. Tanarabana, similarly, tagre simta, the people who sell in the simta in, on the street, the small, the, the narrow alleys, uh, they stand there in the stalls, magadli be medaka. Beimadak, you're not supposed to raise because they eat in other people's fields. People who raise those small animals are kotzei lona stuff. It's people who cut down beautiful large trees for the timber. For other people who always try to get a larger share when something is split, they always get those kind of people. People don't like them. People see it. So people who stand in this sell their market, whereas people say, oh, look, he's making a lot of money. Or people who raise animals, people, people frown on people who do those things. People who cut down big trees or people who are, don't like other people who are always grabbing a bigger share. They will never see a simon bracha. They will not be successful. In other words, they might make a living, but they won't get a good bracha from that field. My time, the Tobinshi, people look at them. People look at them. Look, look, look at this guy. Look what he's doing. There are four, he says, prutas, coins. Really, it's the same idea that these kind of people don't make a, 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 a these are other people who don't get a bracha uh, from their work. Not before, the other ones we said because of ayin hara or because it's a very small amount of money that you can make. Here, there's a different reason. We'll see, they don't get some bracha for what, and what are they? Schar kosman, the schar of scribes. Scribes don't make a lot of money. Why? We'll see. Uschar Maturgman, the schar of the translators. You know, they stand up on Shabbos when the rabbi gives the drush and they, and they explain it. In those days, it was in Aramaic, maybe, and now it would be in English or French or whatever language they explain it into. The schar Yisomim, the people who handle, uh, the people who are apitripsim, the people who are guardians for others, and let's say there's small children and they have a Yerusha, so it was customary that uh, an adult, a guardian, or you'd call that a trustee today, uh, would uh, take care of their assets and trade and buy for them, and he would take a certain fee, maybe 50%, 20%, whatever they would take, but the concern is, you know, that uh, if they took a little bit too much, the some can't be mochel that, so it could be probably stealing. Or if you do business overseas, you know, you have your merchandise coming overseas. In those days, the ships didn't always make it. You know, a lot of them sunk. Very difficult to deal with, uh, with um, you know, when you're, dealing, when you're based on overseas. Today, maybe you could say it's like you're dealing with uh, uh, stock that you have overseas or, or as unfortunately we've seen for many people in Israel whose income is dollar-based. And now that the dollar has fallen so, uh, so much in the last couple of years, 
uh, has a big effect. So, you know, when your money's coming from overseas, it could be tough. It looks like you're getting paid for Shabbos, even though we do have law, you know, that, that you know, you get paid for the whole week, etc. But like when you pay somebody for working on Shabbos, it looks like you're getting paid for Shabbos. So, again, that doesn't look good, and therefore you're not going to get a simon bracha from that. People's like, oh, look, he's getting schar Shabbos. Also, it's the way people look at him. Here it's a real issue because you have to be extra careful when you're dealing with Yisomim's money because if you're dealing with somebody else's money, so they can be mochel, a mistake here and there. Yisom can't be mochel. They're, they're underage, and therefore it's like stealing. Not every day you're going to have a miracle and all your goods will arrive or your money will stay the same value, etc. So these things are all difficult, are all, we can understand why, um, why you're not going to get some bracha when you're dealing with these things because you're dependent on, on these different issues. Ella, what's left? Pardon? What's left? What's left? Lawyering. Attorneys. They always making money, right? Um, accountants, whatever, doctors, right? Tradesmen, just trade in the local stuff, right? Tradesmen um, or high tech, right? Today you have high tech. Ellis Har Kos for my time. What's wrong with the scribes? All right, we should leave. Listen to this. They fasted for 24 days. Al for scribes. They, they pray that they shouldn't become too wealthy. Because if they become very wealthy, they won't, they won't work so much. And there won't be enough, uh, there won't be enough Sefri Torah to fill in the zizas. So the, the rabbis, Dafka, prayed that, they shouldn't, that the scribes shouldn't get too wealthy. This way they should keep on working the whole time. So we'll have enough, we'll have enough, uh, right? That uh, just makes sense, Avram, right? <laughs> the rabbis prayed that the scribes shouldn't become too wealthy, right? <laughs> you know? You don't want them to be too wealthy, they'll stop working. Not only them, but their merchants, and the merchants are their merchants, the wholesalers, the retailers, whoever's osake in what we call, well, not just clay kodesh, clay kodesh is usually referred today to uh, people who sit and learn, but people involved in, in, uh, in Torah things, like, like uh, Sifrei Torah, Tzul Mezuzas, people who sell kosher things, Jewish uh, people who sell Judaica, even the people who sell Tzitzis for Tzitzis, they never get a Simen Oh, But if they do it Lishma, then they will get a Simen Bracha. But the point is that the rabbi said in general, we don't want these guys to get too rich because otherwise they might, they'll, they'll stop working and we won't have enough of their products. B'nai Baishan, the people from that area in the north of Israel, the big market day in Saidon, which is in today's Lebanon, was uh, on Arab Shabbos. But the people in that area did not go from Tzur, from Tyre to Sidon to Sidon on Arab Shabbos because it was a long trip and um, they were afraid. You know, they didn't want to work on Arab Shabbos. They wanted to be back and playing on Shabbos. Also, Benayah, their children, the next generation, Kamir Biochanam, they came for a Biochanam, was the Mard Asher, our parents were wealthy. They could afford to skip the market day on Friday. But we can't. We, we, have to, we have to go trade there to make money. What should we do? Amalu told them, their, your, your fathers already took it upon themselves not to go there on Fridays, the Kavit Shabbos, Shinemar, so you have to follow the same thing. Listen, 
to listen, my son, to the Musr of your to the uh, to the Musr of your father, and don't forsake the Torah of your mother. In other words, you should follow in your parents' footsteps, and therefore uh, you should make the effort, and you'll get a bracha anyway, even though you can't go to that to that uh, marketplace. Um, the people in that town, I guess they were not as learned, and they would be mafish chala, as we've said, chala is only from. Uh, from Dagan, which you have to make a motzion, which Chametz is, is made from, which you give Tumas and Maizas Torah, only the five grains, not from rice. Rice is, today we call that kitnia, so we don't eat it, the Ashkenazim don't eat it, because, uh, you know, they made bread from it, but they were mafresh chala from, uh, from, uh, from rice. Also, that's a ridiculous rule. You should make a czar, non coin eat it in front of them to show that it's, even though they're mafresh it's not challah. It's just, it's not challah. It's not like a truma that only Kohen can eat. Let us already, because it's, challah is not, it does not chal on them, right? It doesn't take effect on rice. It's not a grain. Esfeh what do you mean? Dvarma motam rachem nagabah something which is really mutter. But other people keep it as an isra. Yatom rishotam, you shouldn't be mutter for them. Bifneim, because, you know, you shouldn't be mutter for them. They have no genisra, let go lechomer, let them stay lechomer with it. That was only a mafchista b'kusoy. That's by the kusains who weren't very observant in the laws of the Torah, especially in in uh, Torah Shabbat Peh. So for them, we said if they're not going to let them keep an iser. Because if you're mekel, they'll be mekel in many things. Kusoy. So the answer was kusoy. My time, mamishim the because they will follow the kulas, right? And then there will be more mekel in other things, right? Masarchi milsa hanachin shinami. These people from Chazo, from from Chazoy, from that place, right? From Mechuzah. Uh, whereas a Berei Chuzoi, from that place, uh, also, Sarchi Milsa, they'll also make a mistake. In other words, therefore, you should, uh, if you, you shouldn't be mantra for them. Why were you mantra? They, they told Rabbi Yosef, uh, uh, they told Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, let, him, let, it, let the, let the uh, non coin and eat it to show that it's not really chal, it's not truma. And Abaya says, listen, you know, uh, you're not supposed to be mantra for them. Even if they're some of these, because they're not, they're not learned here, these people too are not learned. And if you're mekel here, they won't be give chal at all. El Ravashi Chazinan, Iruban Orazachli. If most people there eat just rice, they don't eat the grains. Lo Don't let a coin, don't let a non-coin eat it. Dilma, because if, if you tell them not to be noik chal on rice, they won't be noik chal at all, because most of the people there just eat rice. They don't eat the five grains. They'll forget the whole rule of chal entirely. Better let them keep chal on rice, even though it's not really chal. Let them keep it, just so they shouldn't forget the rules of chal. But if the most of them eat grain, and just some of the people eat the rice, then a non-Kohen should eat it to show them that it's not Chala, that it's not really chala, it's not really chayak, it's not a grain. What's wrong if, they, if they're machmer anyway? Because maybe they'll say, listen, it's all chayak. Some of the people, eat, they, eat, they eat grain and they eat rice. So they'll say, well, if you're chayak and chala, you'll give chala from the rice on the grain or on the grain on the rice. And that's not really, that's not really being mafreshit properly. That's not, that wouldn't be chal. So therefore, if, if, if they only eat rice, they're fine. So let them be mafreshit, even though it's not really chala. But if most of the people there eat grain and some of the people eat rice, make sure they understand the difference that on rice, you're not chayef to give challah, only on grains. All right, have a good day. Have a good week, everybody. Call Tub Surah Stay safe.